and welcome back to the Thrive Subscribe Podcast. Uh, this week we're uh, going to switch things up a little bit for you. Uh, Randy McDonough will be uh, talking with a guest today again, as usual. Uh, but the guest today is our own Kelly Kent from Towncrest Pharmacy. Uh, and we're going to discuss uh, today a little bit about uh, where they think pharmacy is going and, and really the message of, of hope in pharmacy. Uh, this particular conversation, as often is the case when Randy gets going and talking to somebody and enjoying it, is going to go a little long, so we're going to split it into two podcasts. Uh, so today we're going to list the first half, and our next uh, podcast when we publish it, uh, we'll pick up where we left off. So without any further ado, let's uh, turn it over to Randy. Welcome back to Thrive Subscribe. This is uh, Randy McDonough, and I'm excited today uh, as we start the new year of 2020 with a lot of interesting things happening within the profession. I'm excited to bring on a guest today, and she is a person that I've been involved um, in her career in multiple ways, including I was her preceptor for her residency program, and then I was an employer when I hired her um, five years ago or so back, and then more recently now she's become my business partner, and that's Kelly Kent um, from Towncrest Pharmacy. Welcome, Kelly. Thanks, Randy. Excited to be on here with you. Very good. Well, as we look at the new year and we look at all the things that are happening, the, the really the premise of this podcast is uh, really a message of hope. And, and I say that because I know the challenges and the difficulties that a lot of us are going through in the profession. When I say us, Kelly and I are part of that as well, being owners of an independent pharmacy in a world of market disruptions and of new forces and, and new competitors coming into the marketplace, but really focus more on just, you know, a different way of product distribution, but not really talking more about, you know, patient care. And I think as I go into my 13th, now my 14th year of being an owner, and the reasons why I left ownership 14 years ago, and that was because I believed that there was something more that could happen in a community pharmacy. And I felt like I had the abilities and I had the um, skill sets to actually make it work based upon all the things I've learned by being an, a, a faculty member, but also really um, working at Maine at Locust Pharmacy in Davenport, Iowa, who gave me a good learning ground and a good, I'd say, my own learning laboratory to implement a lot of things that I believe could work. And, and lo and behold, a lot of them did work. And I learned about that and decided to bring it on when I became an owner 14 years ago. Kelly Kent was one of my residents um, at that um, site and at Manit Locust in Davenport, and we we learned a lot of different things um, and new ways of making revenue beyond just uh, product dispensing, which has served us well as we move into um, 2020. Now, as I look at some of the things that we're hearing within the new year, including the Supreme Court going to be listening to a, a lawsuit or a case with uh, the PBM in Arkansas. Now, this is not just Arkansas who has done a lot of groundwork on this. Multiple states have done that, and, and it's very exciting to know that with the work that Arkansas has done, <clears throat> that now at least it's going to be heard. And that, to me, is very hopeful. That was something that you wouldn't even thought of five years ago as far as having a, just a district court or a local court listen to a, a case about PBMs and their practices and the effects it's having on pharmacy and on patient care. But now it's actually going to be heard, and we don't know what's going to happen with that, but at least that's a movement in the right direction. We also keep coming back to pharmacists being looked at as providers, and that's something that we've worked on that for how many years now? But it's getting closer and closer, and that excites me because I think people are realizing 
that pharmacists in all settings, including community, which has not always been part of the, discuss the discussion, but community pharmacists also adding value to the system because they realize that medications cost a lot of money, but also the problems associated with medications, if not managed appropriately, can cost more than the amount that we spend on medications. So that's exciting to hear about payers having that interest. And we're seeing that actually at, at Towncrest Pharmacy with multiple contracts that we're involved in as well. But the other thing I know that people are worried about is the future. And as far as jobs and, and as far as the viability of the profession, and I believe, and I'm going to be asking Kelly in a little bit what her thoughts are on the future, but my vision for the future is that people are going to keep embracing this idea that things we've been preaching for how long about pharmacists being providers of care and that we're using our expertise as the drug therapy experts and managers to really make sure patients are optimizing their medications and people will see value in that. And then there's going to be more opportunities for more pharmacists to practice that way. And it's going to be a different type of a practice as we move into the future where it's really focused on patient care and patient outcomes and value-based contracting. And at that point, then I see, you know, we're going to need more pharmacists because we don't have enough people to really manage the numbers of patients, you know, the baby boomers aging and, and just the aging of the overall gener uh, the population. We're going to need more people who have that expertise to help people manage their medications better. And so I see a very bright future. It may not happen in the next year, may not happen within the five years, but I do believe that within the next five to 10 years, we're going to see more and more opportunities from that perspective as well. So I do see a lot of positive things happening within the profession between the um, provider's status, payer status, and also more opportunities for pharmacists provided clinical services in all practice settings. So Kelly, one of the questions I want to ask you, because you've evolved over the years from being a resident to being an employee pharmacist, a staff pharmacist, uh, to being actually a pharmacist in charge, to all the way to being a clinical pharmacist, and now being an owner. That must have been a big decision for you and your family for you to decide to go into ownership, especially given what we just talked about, some of the issues that can be, quite frankly, scary to anybody who's managing a business and owning a business. So can you tell me and the listeners, what made you start deciding about ownership and what was the things that you saw as being valuable to become an owner in today's world? Yes, it definitely was a huge decision. Um, and as you know, who knows me, I don't always make decisions really qu quickly. I always kind of think everything through and um, probably to a fault that drives my husband crazy. Um, certainly, I think, you know, I'll, I'll give you blame and credit when I was doing my residency, just the vision you gave me to see pharmacy and to see what we're capable of doing in a whole new light. It certainly made me want more for myself and want more for the profession um, to a point that I felt like the environment that would be most conducive to that and would be challenging me the most is a situation where I owned my own pharmacy and um, was able to initiate some of these uh, clinical services and um, develop some of these programs and some of these contracts with payers um, to do that on my on my own. I think uh, the decision to go into ownership uh, was uh, probably a 
seven or eight year decision, honestly. Um, as you know, I was very uh, thinking very seriously about it quite a few years ago before I came to Towncrest Pharmacy. Um, had had done a lot of market research and uh, just study on the costs of it. Um, just really had a business plan put together. And in speaking with you, um, you really reminded me that I needed to think about the support systems that I would have in place and the challenges that I would have. And did I was I ready to tackle those? And at that time, I decided it, the timing wasn't right. And I think um, then the opportunity arrived to, to come join the you guys at Towncrest Pharmacy. And that really made me think, all right, so if I want to pursue ownership, I want to do it in an environment where I've got individuals I can learn from and um, co-owners that uh, have different skill sets than myself. Um, that way we can uh, certainly benefit from one another, learn from one another, and that just makes the whole thing stronger. And then, you know, at that point, I think my vision of ownership changed a little bit that I don't want to do this by myself. I want to do this as part of a team. And the opportunity was there to join you and Mike at Towncrest Pharmacy. And, um, you know, a, a year ago, about a year ago, we just, the timing was right. And uh, at that point I was like, all right, we're jumping in. We're just going to do it. There's, I'm not getting any younger. We just, <laughs> we just need to, to jump in and, and get started. I, I know I think I, I don't know all the challenges that, that will come our way, but I feel confident that I have the skill sets and the people around me that, that we can get through this. I appreciate that, Kelly. And I, you know, and I was very surprised when we had that conversation and it was a year ago. Mm -hmm. And I asked, what do you think your future has in store? And you threw out, threw out the ownership card. And that was not something I was thinking about at that time. I knew that in the future we were going to be discussing that. And but boy, I tell you that that made me start thinking about, you know, this is the right time, actually, because we one of the things you talked about was the complementary skill sets. And as we look at, at ownership initially, when Carol and I decided that we wanted to be owners of a pharmacy, um, you know, I, I say Carol and I, because, it's a, as you know, Kelly, it's a family decision, even though Kelly's it not is. one of the owners and it was a family decision. I really wanted to I, I didn't want the, the business to consume me because I am about balance and you know that. Mm -hmm. and so I wanted to make sure, OK, if I was going to do this, what what can I do to make it so it's balanced? Yet I also I know it's going to be successful. And you, so you need to have those complementary skill sets by others. And. So Mike Deniger, our business partner, provides us with a, a wealth of different skill sets and knowledge that really complemented us well. And I tell you, the interesting story about that is, you know, we all have a connection back to the University of Iowa College of Pharmacy. You're a student of mine, and then you became a resident, and that's how we really developed a relationship. Mike was a student of mine, and then he was went into pharmaceutics for his PhD. During that time, I got hired by the college, and so he actually became uh, my student, grad student, who was helping me oversee and help me develop the professional practice labs where he totally revamped it to make it not a dispensing lab, but a patient care lab. And that was so brand new in the early 90s when we were doing that. But Mike was instrumental that way. And I started, started seeing these skill sets and this knowledge that he had. And he and I would have hours of discussions in, the, in our offices and just, you know, Mike, someday I think we could really you know, work together and complement each other. And, and I tell you how that all came to be then is that Mike's the first one to make that decision. And, you know, he, 
his father-in-law, Bernie Kramers, is um, was one of the original owners of Towncrest Pharmacy, along with his business partner, Bill Haig. And as they started looking at bringing people in, you know, <clears throat> Mike expressed an interest as far as being an owner. And so Mike left the University of Iowa to become an owner at Towncrest Pharmacy. And as through that, my connection with Mike, then, you know, three years later, he calls me up and said, "Have you thought about, you know, coming into ownership?" And I went back to those conversations that Mike and I had about, you know what, this might be the right time. Plus, I, I knew that if we were being challenged, saying, you know, could clinical services really be provided in, in community pharmacy? And having those personal and professional challenges, I decided that that was a good move for me. And I felt like I had the right complement of uh, people's skill sets that could help us. And not only did I have Mike, but I had Bernie and Bill who have their own individual and complementary skill sets to provide to the practice as well too. So overall it was a, a win, win, win. And that was always exciting to me. So another question I have for you, Kelly, I mean, obviously you looked at the future and we, as you said, we can't see the future. We don't know all the things that are going to happen, but what do you see in the future in the next five to 10 years that can give people hope about what the profession, where the profession's going and, and what kind of things you think pharmacists will be involved in? Um, I think, I think of what I do on a, on a daily basis too, with our work with the enhanced MTM model, um, with our Wellmark value-based program, with, um, just working with patients to provide diabetic foot exams for shoes, um, a variety of things. I think that there's so there's so many opportunities for us out there through um, some of these uh, clinical services that we have been getting paid for already, but we've got new monies coming to us. And to me, that's really exciting. And I think that gets back to my, my training um, at the College of Pharmacy and my residency training with you um, in you know, you've always stressed the importance of having a solid knowledge base, um, staying current on your clinical knowledge, and just making sure that you're ready for whatever opportunities come your way. You know, we have to have the, the um, infrastructure and the confidence in our own skills and the abilities to implement some of these services as soon as the payment is there, and even before it's there, in fact. And so looking to the future, I definitely see that there's opportunities for those services to continue to grow. And I think, you know, just in my five and a half years at Towncrest Pharmacy, we have added so many additional services to what we're offering. And it, it's not been easy to do that, but our infrastructure is there. And so to layer some of those enhanced MTM services on top of our MedSync program, when we're having those, uh, you know, those monthly appointments with the MedSync patients, um, We've, we've got those uh, processes already in place. So I see that continuing to grow. I think just, just like you talked about, um, uh, there's, there's so much value that pharmacy and pharmacists bring to the profession um, and bring to healthcare. And um, I believe that we're definitely on the cusp of payers seeing that. I think some payers, some employers are already, are already seeing that and already asking those questions. Uh, why am I paying this PBM this much money? And, you know, um, is there a better way to do this? Can I uh, provide more comprehensive care? Can, can we look at why we're spending so much money on drug therapy problems as opposed to, or, you know, in, in consideration of how much we're spending on drug therapy? There, there's some people in key positions that are already asking those questions. And I, pharmacists are so poised to be able to um, 
say, uh, to show and to, to say how they can help uh, lower healthcare costs. You know, we've got lots of data out there already and practices that are, have been doing this for a number of years across the country. And to me, that's really exciting. I see that just continuing to grow. And, um, you know, when I think about our practice, we're in a position to begin to offer additional services and um, uh, to welcome some of those new contracts and those new programs. We've um, really positioned ourselves in a way to be able to uh, provide better or you know more enhanced patient care to to folks and and also at the same time show the savings in healthcare healthcare dollars. So I see I just I see so much potential for what we're what we're currently doing just continuing to grow and then being open that you know our pharmacy may not by the time I'm ready to retire it might not look anything like what it looks like right now. I have to try to remember to be open that there might come a point where it's just clinical services that we're offering. And um, I, to me, that's exciting. That's, that's cool. That's why I did my community pharmacy residency. That's, that's why I've stayed, you know, kept my BCPS current the, to be able to, to do that work is that's exciting to me. And I want to kind of touch upon that too, as, as some of the things that you mentioned, as far as what all pharmacists, regardless of their training or their degree, what they can do to ensure success in the future and I preach a lot, as, as you know, about what you really need to have as a basis. And I want people to know that, you know, I, I did not have a, a PharmD or a residency training when I started at the University of Iowa as a BS trained pharmacist. It was during that time that I made the decision to personally start to grow my therapeutic knowledge base, understand the guidelines, start reading more, go into the primary literature, understanding that. But then making the decision to first go get my master's in pharmacy administration so I can understand more of the administrative and business side of pharmacy. And then right after that, tracking into the um, PharmD program. And, and I was able to do that. And as I tell people, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy because that was tough. You know, raising a family, being young, having young kids. And I have four children and, uh, you know, making sure I'm giving time to my wife and my children and being a full-time employee and being a, a full-time student. And, you know, those those were tough years, but yet I believe that that really did something to help prepare me for the future. And so some of the things that I see, Kelly, that how a pharmacist can prepare is that solid knowledge base that we talked about. I've, I've preached that from day one, as you know, in the residency program, that the foundation of our success as good pharmacists is to have a good therapeutic foundation, a good therapeutic knowledge base. So that means we have to really force ourselves to be active learners, lifelong learners, that we have to be understanding the guidelines, that we should be going to the primary literature to understand a study, um, to say if there's a landmark study talking about you know new hypertension guidelines or new cholesterol guidelines um, or expert panels and understanding why they came up with the decisions that they did, that we should have that full breadth and depth of understanding because if we're going to be interventionists, which is the next thing after having that foundation, is that the only way you're going to add value to the system is that people have got to see what's in your mind and what you can do to help patients optimize their medications. That means we have to be clinical interventionists and we're making clinical recommendations to others within the healthcare system, the prescribers and, and uh, the care managers who are trying to help these patients kind of you know, make sure they're achieving a therapeutic outcome. Well, we have an important role in that, so becoming clinical interventionist. But it also means you have to have a practice that supports that. And we can talk about community pharmacy, what we've done to provide the infrastructure for us to do that. 
And we've done that by utilizing our technicians in a different way, using technicians to really be in charge of the dispensing functions, including order entry, filling the prescription all the way to the end, where even in the state of Iowa, where we have a technician product verification, we can have the technician do the final product verification and then have the pharmacist then do their clinical workup of the patient. So optimizing technicians, but also using them in a different way, including they can triage patients, they can run our MedSync programs, they can you know, just ensure that, that they're doing as much as they can all the way up to the point where the patient needs to be assessed about the drug therapy and that's where the pharmacist comes in. We've also looked at workflow and what we need to do to make sure that flow of information along with the product are going together. We've done that by looking at documentation systems, including creating our own documentation system. We also have looked at technology and what can we do from a technology to improve efficiency. So we've got multiple robots at Towncrest, which is a sizable investment, as you know, but mm -hmm. it also provided us with new efficient ways of providing the services that we're providing, which is bringing in new revenue to offset these other costs that we're talking about. So looking at technology, looking at technicians, the workflow, having the environment where we have patient care areas so that we can take patients away from the normal flow and put them in a more semi-private, a safer place, a place that's HIPAA compliant, that we can have a more challenging discussion with the patient. So that's worked out well. I'm a big believer of Slack resources. Unfortunately, the way I see pharmacy practice right now being done in, in many of the uh, community settings is that we're trying to reduce the number of staff um, an overlap staff because we realize we're getting paid less on the product side. Well, then how do you provide the services? And I think we've realized you can't do that unless you have sufficient help. And so we went the other route and then really try to capitalize on new revenues to offset those costs of um, new personnel that we've added into the system. We continue to do that to this day. So putting all that together provides you with the infrastructure along with the pharmacists having to do their own self-study and, and keeping up with the literature and then becoming active with that knowledge so that they're providing clinical recommendations on a regular basis and developing the relationships not only with patients, because you're changing the expectations of patients, but also with the other providers, because that's a different role you might be providing that you didn't in the past. So, you know, how do you have that discussion with both patients and other providers so they're more accepting of this? Yeah. Kelly, what would you add to that as far as other things you think pharmacists need to do to prepare for the future success? Um. Boy, you hit on a lot of a lot of key areas there for for our growth. Um, I think, uh, you know, the technician product verification was just getting started when I came to Towncrest. I think the first month that I was there was the first month that that program launched at our site, and that was so important for uh, our site to really ensure that everyone was trained in that and everyone was on board on that. And so I think. Um, the biggest thing that I've noticed just across my career and the, the different positions that I've um, been involved with is changing, evolving that expecta expectation of the patients. So they expect something different when they come to your pharmacy. They know that something different happens here and they're open to that. We want to change the expectations of your staff too um, and help them understand how their role and these new responsibilities that they're taking allows the pharmacy to continue to grow and to continue to be successful. And I think having those conversations on an ongoing basis with your staff, especially, just helps everyone to understand what their role is and how um, by incorporating technician product verification or by um, incorporating uh, 
a, a key technician into the, the MedSync program can really add tremendous value to the way that your practice is able to utilize resource personnel resources uh, in order to, to continue to grow. Kelly, thank you so much for that input. Uh, and with that, I think we're out of time for today and we're going to cut the, the podcast short. Uh, we will pick up where we've left off with this uh, next week at our podcast. So until then, have a great week and uh, keep doing everything pharmacy. The Thrive Subscribe podcast is brought to you by Thrive Pharmacy Transformations. Visit us online at tptransformations.com where you can join our free community to inspire you, challenge you, and transform your pharmacy practice.